When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It'd be pretty tough. It'd be pretty tough for sure. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Listen, it's great that that would be a opportunity for the Washington Commanders to try to move up to get. Uh, Caleb Williams in this draft as he's at the number uh, the commanders are at the number two spot and he of course is going to go number one we all seem to know this at this point if I'm the Bears there's no calling a bluff there's none of that other stuff it's if he wants out if he wants to go to Washington I have to figure out how to do that. We're going to get more into that uh, throughout the course of the show. Uh, But we also, Joe, have Super Bowl week finally here. I forgot about that. I almost did too. Um, (laughs) It's amazing to me. First of all, it's amazing that we're here with how quickly the season went by. But secondly, it is amazing to me that there are so many storylines to this game that Maybe the top storyline is going to have competition. But for me, the top storyline has to do with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and where their place in history is going to be uh, after this game, should they win it. And Mahomes specifically, um, the fact that he will, I don't think there's any doubt, enter that discussion about the greatest of all time if he's not there already. First of all, any Super Bowl week without a deer antler spray controversy is a good Super Bowl week for me. Good call. You remember that? That whole yeah. week was about deer antler spray. VJ Singh got mixed up in that. It was like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We got Harbaugh versus Harbaugh, two great teams in the Super Bowl, and it was all about deer antler spray. A phenomenal storyline, but one we don't have this week. All right, so what are we doing here? Mahomes wins this thing. What do, what, what do we do? Where is he in the, in the greatness category? Does this put him above Brady? Because one conversation no one's having, what if he loses this Super Bowl? What do uh-huh. we do about his greatness then? Because that would be more Super Bowl losses than wins, and that's not something Tom Brady has. Well, it'd be what? Two and two at that point? Two and two, yeah. So you'd be even. You'd be 500. Right. Anybody can go 500 in the Super Bowl. Bra- <laughs> Brady has gone seven and three in the Super Bowl. Um. I think if you lose this Super Bowl, but you continue to get there, you continue to try to build toward that, but it certainly pushes you back a little bit further. It kind of kind of like pushing a rock up a hill and the rock rolls back over your foot if you lose this game. But if you win this game, certainly it is right there with the other guys that have won three. I mean, Aikman, he's, he would have already passed at that point. I mean, I already think he's better than Aikman is. Um, Aikman doesn't get a fair shake because of the coach, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, yeah. the offensive line, the defense. And, and it's like, Aikman and, probably Aikman's like probably, 12th in line for the credit. It's like Aikman was pretty damn good. He was he was very good, but and he should probably get some extra credit for winning one with Barry Switzer, who didn't do very much there. I mean, you just came in and man, that was, he was a coach manager. 
How about yeah. that? When you talk about game managers, that's a coach manager right there. <laughs> but it won. It won. Aikman won his third when he was 29 years old. Montana won his third when he was 32. Bradshaw won his third when he was 30. If Mahomes does this, he will have won his third at 28 years old. So the only person who did it quicker was Brady. Um, I think it puts him right there, uh, certainly with Montana. And uh, Bradshaw is, because of everything else in his entire career and the fact that he played on basically an all-star team, I think pushes him further down the discussion. I think he's right there with Montana side-by-side side at that point, even though Montana won four. All right, so he's up there with Montana, and he's sitting behind Brady. Okay, He's still behind Brady. I'm not going to try to put him next to him right away. Well, there's a lot of people that have been doing that for the last week or so. We're trying yeah, so hard to discount. Like, Brady's away from the game for one year, and we're immediately starting this conversation about, yeah, yeah, we got a guy who's right up there with him. It's not to slight Mahomes, but, I mean, come on, man. You don't have the career Brady had, and it's not even close. So the idea that we keep insisting on trying to have this conversation, Mahomes' greatness speaks for itself. It's not Brady's greatness. Part of Brady's greatness, which in the NFL has to be a major factor when we're looking at the resumes, is the longevity. The, the lifespan in the NFL is shorter than any of the other pro sports. What's the average lifespan? And I don't mean lifespan, but I mean, what's the average playing career of an NFL player? It's right? like less than three years. Yes, less than three years. This guy played more than 20. He was winning Super Bowls in his 40s, and he wasn't doing it, you know, because the team was carrying him. He was playing at a high level. He jumped to Tampa Bay and immediately won a Super Bowl with another team. Like, these are the type of things Mahomes needs to do if we're going to really have that conversation. You got to show me 20 years. You got to show me multiple chips. You got to show me doing it with at least two different coaches because Brady's career is unparalleled, and yet for some reason we feel to put Mahomes right up there with him right now because Brady's been gone for a year. I think people forget how incredible it was that the guy was cast off from New England, went to Tampa Bay, Bay and immediately won a Super Bowl. And on the way, he beat Drew Brees in Drew Brees' stadium. He beat Aaron Rodgers in Aaron Rodgers' stadium. And then he took out Patrick Mahomes. And they beat the crap out of Kansas City in that game. And everyone wants to highlight the fact, oh, Mahomes' O-line was banged up and the defense wasn't that good. I don't care about that. I don't care about any of that. You're in the Super Bowl. You win it or you lose. You don't get all these excuses when things don't go your way because it doesn't fit the narrative that he's on par with Brady. He's, he's not there yet. And I know we're going to spend an entire week trying to slot his greatness. Let his career play out. Let his career play out. Let the greatness play out. He is a phenomenal quarterback but the fact that we're in such a rush to jump him up to the greatest of all time it just seems like pure recency bias plain and simple Jeff Darlington sat down with Mahomes uh, this past week for NFL Countdown and here is Mahomes uh, from that interview on climbing the all-time playoff wins list I really haven't really understood the magnitude of it um, until this last like, run. People start putting those things up there and I've kind of noticed that I've kind of climbed some of those ranks and I want to be remembered for the team that we have and the way that we did it. It is really cool. Uh, I'm obviously got a long ways to go to get to Tom. That's been the, the craziest part I've seen. Is I'm like, dang, he has, he has like 33, 35 wins. And this will take exactly what I did, but even more these next eight to 10 years to even get close to him. So for, and even he says it, eight to 10 years to get close to him. But Joe, for you, just to be clear, uh, if Brady played 20 years, then Mahomes, let's say you play 25. Well, I'd let's like say to you play 30. I'd like to see you play at a high level way past your prime. It, it's, it's not about the same amount of seasons. It's not about eclipsing. 
Because if you're three years short and you have a much better resume, I can look to you in that situation. Part of Brady's greatness is how good he was at the tail end of his career when he was in his late 30s and early 40s. That How many guys are playing in the NFL at that point? How many are playing at a high level? How many are going to Pro Bowls and winning Super Bowls? Like, that's that's a huge part of the greatness. It's it's Yeah, he's one of the youngest guys to do this, and he's got three by 27. Well, these are the years where he should be winning. These are his best and healthiest years. This is where it all should work because you have the salary cap flexibility on the early contracts to build around him. How's it going to work later in your career when your contract takes up a bigger portion of the salary cap? How's it going to work if you end up without Bill Belichick? You end up on a new team. You get cast off from Kansas City. I'd love to see how it plays when he's in his late 30s. Listen, I I get why that is. I get why you say that. And I understand that Mahomes playing at that level at that age would be a lot to ask. But I do think that when you look back at Brady's career, as great as it was, he went that 10-year period without winning. So if I'm going to see Mahomes, let's just say, get to five championships, let's say he goes to eight Super Bowls and wins five of them by the time he's 37. Like, I can't have that discussion about him being the same if he's not going to want to play until he's 42. I mean, it, that that's what kind of feels like I get thrown off on this because I have to discount the greatness because it went on for so long, whereas when I'm thinking about that, who do I want to win the big uh, – who do I want to be my guy to go win the game? Right now it's still Brady, and it's going to take a lot to knock him off, but – you win number three, you're closer in this discussion. Sure. Sure. You're, you're closer. closer in the discussion. Sure. Ha- happy to say you're closer in the discussion. You this still whole, have him two miles back. Well, though. this whole, uh, he didn't win in 10 years. Really? He didn't win in 10 years? He got to the Super Bowl a couple times. Yeah. He, didn't, he, he didn't win. He was in what the I'm Super Bowl. Is, I think he won 18 games and right. set a bunch of records. Like There was a lot clear, going on in those 10 no, years. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is it has nothing to do with a knock on Brady. That's what, what it sounded it to, like. No. Well, it's not. Because he got there, had amazing seasons, obviously an undefeated season. No, 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 no. What it, what I meant by it was that Mahomes still has those years in front of him, and he may be able to get closer to Brady in a shorter amount of time. That's what I'm saying. Mahomes, because, here's what I'm saying. Mahomes is a bum, and you heard it here first. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. It's fair enough. It's, you know what? Despite all the talking points you know in this debate, the fact that you can actually have a debate like this, like imagine trying to do this in the NBA with everything Jordan and LeBron did. Some guy gets to 27 years old and already gets in that category. Like that would be so blasphemous by NBA standards. Yet here we are in the NFL and there is a legitimate discussion to be had. Look at you. Oh, everything's so beautiful. Let's just celebrate it. That's you, right? I want to quantify things. I want to rank things, and I want to have them in place. Definitive answers. Yes. (laughs) I don't like gray. I like black and white. That's it. That's it. Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. That would have been the take of the week, though. Mahomes is a bum. Yeah. And (laughs) And you can print that. And you can print (laughs) it. The famous Belichick line about Freddie Mitchell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how did it exactly go? The guys, he's terrible, and you can print that, I think it was. Because Freddie Mitchell was talking all that trash Super Bowl week. (laughs) He's terrible. You can print that. How much longer does another all-time great 
have in his career. We're going to get into it in moments. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My friends, so much more to come. Stick with us on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Night on the hardwood. Up the floor, James hammers a right hand dunk. Let's get caught up with Carlin versus Joe's NB A to Z. And this, this NBA to Z, will start in an unfortunate area for one team in the Eastern Conference. The Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP. It's going to have a procedure to address a left meniscus injury in the coming days. The door isn't closed on a return this season. That was what sources told Woj. Embiid expected to miss an extended period, though, but the precise timeline will not come up until the doctors complete the procedure. Joseph, this is awful, awful news for the Sixers who just saw their season go up in smoke. I am a Sixers fan. The Eagles season was a disaster. I was looking forward to really buying into this iteration of the Sixers because they did the one thing I was hoping they would do in the offseason. They got rid of all the drama. And I'm not putting that all on James Harden. It's just there was so much drama with that organization the last decade or so, right? It's, uh, you know, trust the process. We're going to lose a lot to win. And then there's the Markel Fultz issue and the Ben Simmons issue and the James Harden issue. And finally, they were just playing basketball. And Tyrese Maxey has emerged as a legitimate star for that organization. And now Embiid's hurt, and we turn our attention to the 25-19-6 Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> who shockingly are quite good this year relative to years past. Listen, I get it. 
I, I understand why you immediately turned there. Is there any hope for you whatsoever that he comes back? A, a little, because I don't know enough about the injury to know what the timeline looks like. So maybe he is back, but there's no hope in terms of seriously competing for a championship. Let me put it like that. Well, over the weekend, one team certainly looked like they were going to be doing their best to compete for a championship. Whether or not they can, eh, more than debatable. Baseline fadeaways, good! LeBron James has 24! That's Kesty on ESPN Radio. 24 for LeBron the other night. Lakers beat up on the Knicks, 105-96. We talked to George Sedano earlier from uh, ESPN 710 LA. And, you know, I made the point that I thought what we saw the other night from the Lakers was a little bit more about trying to uh, send a little message to an up-and-coming team uh, in the Knicks, and they beat the Celtics the night before. Uh, his point is, Lakers just need consistency right now, and boy, he's 100% right about that. Can I take the Knicks side of this for yeah. a second? I want to talk about the Knicks. I think it's a good thing they got beat up a little bit Saturday night. I think that's a good thing for that organization. They were riding high. They had won, what, nine in a row. People are talking about Brunson for MVP. Everyone's getting excited. Here come LeBron and the Lakers. Not exactly the best version we've seen of them the last few years. And they put it on you in your building on Saturday night with everyone watching. That is an excellent opportunity for the Knicks to go back into the locker room and say, hey, as great as we may think we are, think we were, thought we were, awful grammar right there. We still got a long ways to go. And that's a game that gets you back to work, doing the little things each day to get build that consistency so you can compete on a high level. For the Lakers, it's all about three days from now. What are you going to do at the deadline? And there's also what did that hourglass tweet meeting from LeBron last week? Was it related to the deadline? Here is LeBron talking about that tweet and the future with the Lakers. After the Atlanta game, um, there's a lot of speculation about what your tweet meant with the um, hourglass emoji. Do you want to clarify? First of all, for all the record, yesterday it said you're not going to seek a trade or you be traded. Um, you have an option this summer for the Lakers. You know what you're going to do? Come on. Okay. Thanks for shedding some light on that. First of all, could everyone stop dribbling LeBron speaking? I don't know who these guys are that think they can continue <laughs> on with their practice. We're trying to hear what the king has to say. <laughs> oh, my God. No. And no. No. <laughs> Angelo Russell's got to get his shots up. <laughs> up next, Bradley Beal. Oh, we were all looking forward to his big return to D.C., weren't we? Step back three, give him 44, actually foot on the line. So one too many there. It's 43 still for Bradley Beal. I was being a little facetious, but Suns beat the Wizards 140 to 112. It is the fourth most points scored by a player in their first game visiting their former team in NBA history. He was 16 of 21 for the floor, and by the way, did all this in just 31 minutes. Dudes are dropping 60 left and right right now. I don't care about this. It's the Wizards. I don't care about this at all. It, it, nice, like, nice effort. 
I'm more excited about the prospects of this team. The Suns have won 10 of 13. I want him to stay healthy. I want Beal to stay healthy because he's a phenomenal player. I want Booker and Durant to stay healthy. We need them in the postseason. We have something very rare and potentially very, very intriguing cooking in the Western Conference. You could have four or so of the old established guard in the playoff, right? Like you could have Durant and the Suns. You could have Jokic and the Nuggets. You might get LeBron in there, right? You might get the guys with the Clippers. You're going to see them. And then you got like the Timberwolves, the Thunder, who are 1-2 in the Western Conference. The Kings could be in there, Zion and the Pelicans. Like you could have a real changing of the guard sort of situation taking place out West. Keep your eye on those standings. There are some awesome storylines that are developing for the upcoming playoff push. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like I'm starting to become an Oklahoma City fan. Why, how can you not? Yeah. It's a fun team. They're really well built. They've got a lot of depth. They win a lot of games. They play very hard. And they got an MVP candidate in Shea Gilgis Alexander. There's Listen, I understand what I'm saying. It's just I never thought in my mind, uh, given the fact that they traded for 9,000 draft picks over the last 15 years or whatever it's been with Sam Presti ever since that whole group left, uh, that we would be back in this situation and I would be all of a sudden trying to find myself a way to root for Oklahoma City. It's amazing. But here I am. It's amazing what can happen when a guy who knows what he's doing has a plan and then is given the time to implement that plan and execute that plan. Shocking as to the developments in Oklahoma City, I tell you. Shocking. Then there's the Boston Celtics. Tough pass back out to Hurt, knocked away by Derek White. Jason Tatum off to the races. Right hand slam. That is 98.5 the sports hub in boston with the call jason tatum at 34 the blowout win against memphis the spread on that game joe closed at 19 and a half we've seen a few of those we've seen a few of those creeping up at 15 and north of 15 i mean the celtics had that meltdown the previous uh was it thursday night friday night against the lakers Mm -hmm. when they were laying all those points um general rule of thumb you really don't want to lay that many points in the NBA, but eh, as we've seen, covering some of these isn't all that difficult. Memphis well, has been a disaster. Yeah, Celtics only won by 40, so yeah, just <laughs> they casual, doubled up the spread. Casual 40. You had to figure that was coming because the way they got embarrassed in that Laker game, you knew some bounce-back spots were on the horizon. I'm a little bit embarrassed I didn't get more aggressive with that. Really? You're getting down on yourself for that? A little bit, yeah. We're supposed to see those spots. Like, who was the kid... Um, Dunlap, right? The kid from Alabama who won uh, on the PGA Tour last weekend. Yeah. We should have known it was auto fade time going to Pebble Beach. And he finished, I think, in the bottom two. And that's not to knock him, but when you have one of these guys like the, who was the tour, the the, the PGA pro who got into the PGA championship last year and he contended on the last day. And everyone was like, this is an amazing story. This guy's been playing golf forever. Do you know Will? Michael Block. Michael Block, Block, right? The right. best bet of the year was fading him the following week. And Good that call. first round out, he immediately shot over 80. And that's not to knock the guy. It's just, look, this is a classic sell-high spot. Classic right. sell-high. I got one quick wagering question for you. Sure. What is going on with the MVP voting right now? Or not voting, but MVP odds right now. Because as I take a look, I'm seeing the odds on Jason Tatum drop precipitously at many places. And uh, now that Joel Embiid is off the board, I would have thought I might have seen an uptick in a couple of other guys like Jalen Brunson. His numbers are going down, too. Mostly it affected Jokic and SGA. Jokic went odds on to minus 150. SGA is plus 225. Then Giannis 7-1. to Luka 11-1. to Then it goes all the way to 50-1. to um, 
So that I'm still trying to figure out why Tatum, Tatum at ESPN bet is a hundred to one. He was forty to one last week, oh and he's Lord. having a hell of a season. And with this sixty-five game rule, you know, if something happens to Jokic, this thing really starts to open up. So I was a little surprised by that. I, I wish I had a better answer for you, but I don't. Jokic running away with it right now at minus one fifty. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We've been spending time today talking about Cliff Kingsbury and what his hiring in D.C. actually means when it comes to Caleb Williams. We're going to get some insight on the relationship between the two with one of our colleagues in moments on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. The Commanders are hiring Cliff Kingsbury to be their offensive coordinator. He spent last fall as USC's quarterback's coach, meaning he worked directly with Caleb Williams. Are the Bears as sure on Caleb Williams? Might they keep Justin Fields? Would they be okay with trading back to two and taking Drake May? Chicago, they have a pretty terrible track record (laughs) developing quarterbacks there. Not that Washington has a great history either, but having your college quarterback's coach and a location might make it a little bit more comfortable for a quarterback like Caleb Williams. That was pretty awesome last night, if you caught any of that, by the way. Mm-mm. Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs, that wasn't bad. I caught none of it. I don't, you what are you, what are you even talking about? Tracy Chapman, who hasn't performed in like 50 years, well, I'm being facetious, but like 10 years, uh, publicly performing this song with Luke Combs at the Grammys. You know what's the Grammys? Oh, oh, the, oh, I didn't even know those were last night. Apparently not. <laughs> it's not, that's not really on my radar. The Oscars aren't on my radar. It, it's just I'm, I I'm sorry. It's okay. Ian Fitzsimmons kind of resembles Luke Combs in some ways. I mean, I was frisbee golfing yesterday for crying out loud. That should tell you everything you need to know about where I'm at these days. Love it. Ian Fitzsimmons joins us now of Amber and Ian. He's one of the co-hosts of the 13th best national radio show in the country. 
What's up, baby? Oh, man. <laughs> Fortinball, you kill me, bro. I mean, just... <laughs> Go the Grammys? Wait, what? What are those? I was I was frisbee golfing. Yeah, it was a little sunny up here. I have to take advantage of it. I I've never claimed to know music or any of that. So I just I'm I don't. with you. Now look, hold on. Now we're gonna go down a deep dive really quickly because I'm with you. I, I I could not have told you that Tracy Chapman sang that song, but I knew all the words to that song going like in high school, right? Yeah. So when Luke Combs remade that tune. I mean, my, my daughters love Luke Combs. I do resemble Luke Combs, the beard, the girth, all of it. Yep, I mean, I'm right there with them. I mean, I haven't seen my – after football season and then a week at the Senior Bowl, I haven't seen my feet without a mirror in, in since August, right? So I'm with you. On, on, but that was an unbelievable rendition. I did not watch the Grammys. I'm with you on that, Joe. I did know they were going on. But when I saw that duet this morning, that mashup – I mean, it is. I watched it ten times. Just puts you in a good mood. Yeah, you know? and, to, and to make something clear, I'm not anti Grammys. I want to make that very clear. Not anti yes, Grammys. It's no, just not are. something that's you on are. my radar. No, you are. All right. Question you know one, what? Joe. Just why do you hate easy. America? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare open up that door. I'll get my politics into this show. Joe, why do you want to use a Declaration of Independence as Charmin? <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been fun. Thanks, <laughs> Hey, by the way, I, quick, before we get into Kingsbury, I know that's what you guys want to talk about, but whenever I get on with you two, we, it, it takes us a moment. So I know Evan's in there tapping his feet going, please, God, can you get to sports? But just hang on a second, Evan. We're going to get there. I promise you. So I just let this great fundraiser for the Stew Pot, which is a, a homeless shelter uh, here in Dallas, Texas. I mean, they do an unbelievable job. It's called Soups On. I mean, it, it was, it's mesmerizing. It really is. But a guy sitting next to me looks at me and goes, hey, man, so uh, you, have, uh, you have access to tickets, right? I went, yeah, yeah, why? What's up? And he's a friend of a friend. And I, and he go, I said, what do you need? He goes, some Mavs tickets. I said, yeah, just let me know when. I'll, I'll make a call for you. Man, th thanks for being here to donate and, and at this great event. He goes, uh, yeah, awesome. Uh, where are where, where, where would they be? Yes. Oh, my God. And I went, I, I, my wife grabs my right knee. Like, oh. don't do it. Don't, just not here. Don't do it. So what, it, I'm sure both of you have encountered this. Oh. What, uh, Carlin, I think you're in my ball club, buddy. Oh my you're my number one overall draft pick, I think. Carlin's the one to handle this. This is the, <laughs> Carlin, please, the floor is yours. We were talking about this recently. I actually had Super Bowl tickets for someone. And oh, they asked that question. No. Yeah. Why, what my, did I've, you do? Tell me, you said, you know what? You're out. I, Give me your best friend's number. He gets them. Yeah, I, I didn't. But my brain nearly split in two, like physically split in two when I when the question was asked. I was on the phone at the time, and I just I, here's you know I get that question a lot. I get it a lot for whenever I've gotten somebody tickets, and my answer has become pretty standard. They're in the free section. Do you want them or not? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's why, man. That's why you're just a hometown hero. I, I am going <laughs> yeah. to steal that right there, man. Yeah. They're in the free shot. They're in the Do place you where you're not paying not? for them. <laughs> people so don't good. listen. People don't. My wife tries to tell me this all the time. We've become a society where you're always encouraged to just ask. You don't. This is the single worst piece of advice I think that's out there. Well, you'll never know if you don't ask. You'll never know if you don't ask. Mm. You know what? Go work for it. Go yeah. figure something out. Stop Amen. walking around asking people for everything. There are certain people in life, living in Las Vegas, You, there's no shortage of people asking you for hotel connections, club connections, games, 
concerts, what have you. I just started ignoring people. And then they reach out and they're like, hey, man, I noticed you didn't get back to me. Yeah, that's by design. The friendship's over. Friendship's <laughs> over. I haven't seen you in five years. And the first I hear from you is you're coming to town and you want to know if somehow I have extra Taylor Swift tickets, which if I did, why would they go to someone I haven't spoken to in five years? Yeah. But to them, it's like, hey, no, no harm. It's, it's cool if you don't have them. It's cool. I just figured I'd ask. Yeah. And I figured I'd terminate the relationship. Yeah. Well, we're all we're all on board here, right? There are plenty of people like why that. Why am too. I the jerk? now i tell you what though if i lived in vegas I love you I, guys. Uh, my first move to anybody if i lived in vegas would be listen you're coming to town you're comped don't worry about it i got gotcha. you <laughs> yeah. and then when they call i don't answer yeah there no. you go uh it's, that's genius but they're yeah, gonna call the, a lot the free section i'm i'm all about i'm stealing right. that so we once. should talk about cliff kingsbury Let's get for into a moment. It. here we go now home um you know this guy uh, as well as anybody and you understand the relationship between him and caleb williams so Tell me whether or not you thought it significant that Cliff Kingsbury got that job as far as Caleb Williams is concerned in Washington. I, I think that he they will move uh, mountains to make sure they get uh, Caleb Williams. And I was listening to you guys on the way back from that from that fundraiser, and, and I agree. Chicago, don't fight this because you're going to lose. Uh, you know, and if I'm the Bears, I'm asking just to move up one spot from Washington. Give me three ones, three twos, and we're done. And, and that, that's the starting point. And then you negotiate from there, right? But uh, there's zero doubt in my mind that that was part of the conversation between Cliff Kingsbury, Dan Quinn, and any any suit in the room when, when they met. You know, it, look, if we want to win and win right away, we need Caleb Williams. 13. He, when I had them the last time against USC, uh, I asked Kingsbury, what's the biggest misconception about Caleb Williams? And it was about an eight-minute answer. I'm like, you know, we're, we're going to kick off here in a minute, Coach. <laughs> we got we to we move, buddy. Coach, we got the Grammys coming we're, up here. We, we got a matchup between Tracy Chapman and Luke Damn Combs coming here, man. I mean, in, in February. We got to go, right? Let's go. He, and he, his answer was that he doesn't care about the guy next to him, that he's all about the dude in the mirror, and that is the furthest thing from the truth. That Caleb Williams, he said, wants to win for everybody except Caleb Williams. And you had that picture of him against Utah, and I had that game. And then the crying moment with Washington, which we also had with Kesty and Kelly Stoffer on the call here on ESPN Radio. And the Utah picture where he's sitting on the bench, he put his team in a position to win the game. The defense gave up the honey, as they did a lot at USC. And he was standing right there on the sidelines cheering his defense on. The moment that kick went through the uprights as time expired, that's when he went over to the bench dejected. Everyone's like, oh, look, it's, it's all about him. BS! That dude was invested I mean, so when you, you see the picture of him crying with his mom, that's not because they lost the game. It's because they couldn't get back to the Pac-12 title game, and he felt responsible. Now, should he have gone up the tunnel and shed those tears with mama? Yeah, probably. But he is, is, is emotionally, physically, mentally invested in winning for the guy next to him as any player Cliff Kingsbury's been around, outside of Patrick Mahomes maybe. Yeah, and, and talk about quarterback whisperer. Think about some of the dudes he's had. I mean, so, you know, he can coach him up, and everyone talks about his record at Texas Tech. That's because his defense gave up 60 a game, but his offense averaged like 58 a game, right? So, yeah. I mean, he is not going to be the head coach. He's just an offensive coordinator, and his offense clicks. Ask that guy wearing 15 in Kansas City. You know, one of the problems um, that 
will often be encountered by a head coach like Dan Quinn is that when they're from the defensive side of the ball, they got to hire a bright offensive mind like Cliff to run their offense. Problem is, one of two things happens. Either that guy doesn't do a good job and you need another offensive coordinator, or he does do a good job and you need another offensive coordinator because he leaves for a head coaching gig. Cliff's been a head coach before. Do you think maybe that's on the horizon for down the line? Yeah, because I think he learned a lot at Arizona. Like, uh, he, I mean, one of the big things when he was a head coach at Arizona, and I, I, this is not for my brother who was on that staff for two years. I mean, my brother and I do not talk football for plausible deniability. Of course. If, he, if he's in the NFL, we'll talk college. If he's in college, we'll talk NFL. But in talking to other people around the Arizona Cardinals, Kingsbury would always say, you know, we, we have to get better. We have to get better. You know what, like, Bill Belichick would do with Tom Brady and Mike Vrabel in those glory days, Patriots, when they first got started? He would undress a superstar first. I mean, and so and hold individuals accountable. And he would start with a marquee player to let the 53rd guy on the roster know, you screw up like that, buddy, you're going to be gone on Tuesday. Today's Monday, right? <laughs> so I think that that's one thing he learned as a head coach is that he's got to hold individual individuals more accountable. But he ain't going to be the head coach, right? So, But to answer your question – is this a, a run to get back to being a head coach? I think once you have been, you always want to be again. He turned down a P5 head coaching job just to wait to see what would happen. Uh, and so now, number two overall pick, he can bring you know a quarterback he immensely respects and loves coaching and mentoring. And Caleb Williams, Chicago, get the deal done. Don't fight it because you're not going to win it. Um, and I mean, that's the bottom line. I, I, Kingsbury is an offensive guru. His offense is different, but, man, when he got the right guy running it, it clicks. I think it's a home run hire for Washington. Don't answer the phone when they're calling for tickets. Just don't. The free section, man. The free section. Free section. And and if you haven't talked to him in five years, you know what? You're no longer a friend. I I, I learned so much here with you fools every single time. America, cherish these two. Ian Fitzsimmons, Amber and Ian, weeknight, 7 to 10 Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio. Appreciate it, brother. See you, boys. When you're trying to find quality candidates, all the searching, screening, and interviewing can become a job itself. You need, indeed, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to interview, screen, and hire quality people. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. We promised you Super Bowl props every day. You get them starting today. And it's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
Marlon versus Joe. Super Bowl 58. Pizza money. Prop of the day. Pizza, pizza. Okay, so for anyone looking for action tonight, we gave out Pelicans minus six and a half in the first half against the Raptors. But we are going to be rolling out a series of props for the big game on Sunday. And this is our first one. All right. Patrick Mahomes under 37 and a half passing attempts. How many times will Mahomes throw the ball in the game? We are saying under 37 and a half. Now, if you look at the playoff game against Miami, 41 pass attempts, 34 minutes time of possession. A lot of passes, a lot of opportunity to throw passes. Look at the playoff game against Baltimore in the AFC Championship game. 39 pass attempts, 37 minutes time of possession. So you say, Fordball, why would you want to go under 37 and a half? Look at the Buffalo game. 23 pass attempts, that's it. 22 minutes time of possession. Far less time, far fewer attempts. And I think this game more closely resembles the Buffalo game than the other two. Why? Because Kyle Shanahan wants to run the ball, and Kansas City struggles to defend the run. So San Francisco should be able to run the ball, which keeps the clock running and keeps the tempo in the Niners' favor. That's how Shanahan likes to play. 37.5 feels too high. Super Bowl prop number one for Carlin versus Joe, Patrick Mahomes under 37.5 pass attempts. I like that. Very tasty. Very tasty. I'm going to need answers on the following two because they have piqued my interest. Okay. Result of the first punt, a fair catch or not. And then, will the two-minute warning in the first half be at exactly two minutes on the clock? Wow. No is a plus 470. Plus 470, yes, minus 700. All right, so that speaks to how often it lands two on the button because you might try to snap the ball with 202 on the clock, six, eight-second play, clock ends at 154, right? Something along those lines. But if you're sitting there with the ball – and you're driving, and there's 206, and it's winding down, and you're on the 20 heading in. You don't want to leave too much time for the opponent, so you just let it go to two, and you walk off to the side. Exactly. I, I think at that the big plus money there, that catches my attention. I would have to do more digging on that, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it's obviously there for a reason, but yeah, it was. It's not a mistake, most likely. <laughs> you think? That's an inter- to- That's a really interesting one. There you go. The Commanders are hiring Cliff Kingsbury to be their offensive coordinator. He spent last fall as USC's quarterback's coach, meaning he worked directly with Caleb Williams. Are the Bears as sure on Caleb Williams? Might they keep Justin Fields? Would they be okay with trading back to two and taking Drake May? Chicago, they have a pretty terrible track record (laughs) developing quarterbacks there. Not that Washington has a great history either, but having your college quarterbacks coach and a location might make it a little bit more comfortable for a quarterback like Caleb Williams. Carla versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit your business's needs for quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options. Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Joseph, uh, just a little while ago, this topic uh, was asked about directly to USC's head coach, Lincoln Riley, that You have now Caleb Williams with his former uh, offensive assistant uh, out at USC, Cliff Kingsbury, landing in D.C. The question about whether or not he might try to force his way out of Chicago, who has the number one pick 
and force his way to Washington, who has the number two pick. Here is Lincoln Riley, a USC head coach, on Pat McAfee just a little while ago. Yeah, I think it's a total smokescreen. I mean, I think it's people playing the game. Um, I, like, knowing Caleb, like, location-wise, I don't think he cares one bit about where he's at. Like, all of these all of these franchises are in really good cities. Like, really, there's advantages to anywhere that you could go. He wants to win. Uh, he wants to be a guy that's playing in this game that's getting ready to come up this week. And, and and I think for him, it's less about location and it's just more about getting in the right situation where he knows he can continue to develop and do the things that he needs to do to help a franchise be successful. And that's it. And he's got a one-track mind that way. So, uh, no, I, I don't think there's any truth to that at all. The guy wants to win. He's a competitor. Certainly, I know he would love to go first overall. I mean, as any competitor, who wouldn't? Uh, but at the end of the day, it's about winning for him and nothing else. Joseph, your take. I mean, all due respect, I like the stuff on, you know, he's a competitor, it's about winning. Like, I'll I'll take that at face value, obviously. The rest of it doesn't matter. What's he going to say? Let's say it is a smokescreen. Lincoln Riley's going to come out and blow up his own quarterback? No way. So, you know, we can't yeah. look to him as the guy who's going to give us the truth to everything regarding this matter. But I do like the insight into Caleb Williams as a competitor, Caleb Williams wanting to win more than anything else. I like all that. But the idea of, oh, it's just a smokescreen, I don't know if that's the right source that we'd be looking for there on something to that nature. And I know that might sound like kind of harsh, but let's be honest, what would be Riley's incentive to speak anyway other than that? Like, that's yep. his guy. You burn your guy, no one's going to want to play for you. And, by the way, everybody's paying attention to the fact that you everything is a recruiting tool. Right, correct. And, and that's, that's exactly why he would back his guy up there. But, Joe, it does make me think that it's more possible that Williams could try to force his way out with the move to hire Kingsbury. Well, it does I make me think it. throw it out there like this. It, it, who do you think has to sell who more? Do you think Williams has to sell the bears? or Do you think the bears have to sell Williams? Uh, absolutely. The bears have to sell Williams. awful spot to be in just yep. an awful spot to be in. Cause every year it's the other way around. Very rarely does this situation present itself and the bears don't have a whole lot they can sell right now, given their recent track record and what they're offering. You have a head coach who could be on the hot seat after one year versus a situation where your OC got a three-year deal and a new head coach in DC. I'll take the stability. Thanks. That's going to be in Washington. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.